You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holiday. Isaac, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Oh, you got the you got the polo on, the Pro Football Hall of Fame polo. What's up, Isaac? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm well and I'm blessed, Doc. For our TV viewers, uh, you know, just so happens that you know this is it was the 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 first shirt sitting in the closet, so I just grabbed it, threw it on, you know, after after another physical therapy session and uh, in time to make the show, man. So I want to look good for our, our, our video camera, man. Make sure we're, we're proper. No doubt, man. I love it, man, because can't everybody wear those, man? You can go buy one as a visitor, but you know what I'm saying? Official, <laughs> official. Nah, everybody can't get one of those. But speaking of getting one of those, man, you know what? Uh, uh, this offseason, Jackson State got one of those, one of those top recruits. You know, he he got Travis Hunter Jr. I mean, straight by, I think he was uh, committed to uh, Florida State, right? And he, you know, yes. he, he decided to go to play for Jackson State, uh, HBCU, uh, and primetime. Also a Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders, who's doing some great things at Jackson State. So uh, he has them on the rise. He has them on the national spotlight, national level. But uh, Nick Saban, Alabama head football coach, uh, Alabama head football coach would be, I think he gets paid more than $10 million a year to coach Alabama football. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I think they pay him nine off the top. Then he has incentives that take him over 10 million. So I think he's been getting, he, he been getting paid that for a long time. But anyway, he made some statements. Uh, I don't know if he made them last night or he was at some event. I just saw him this AM. Uh, and he accused, because he came in number two in national recruiting. So first he accused, Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher, he literally said Texas A&M just paid every player on their oh, just paid every <laughs> player on the team to come there. Name, image, and likeness. Then later, he took a shot at Deion Sanders in Jackson State. Said that Deion Sanders in Jackson State paid the young royal a million dollars to come down there and play. Travis Hunter Jr. Because Travis Hunter Jr. was committed to Florida State. Then he flipped the jet. So he literally accused Deion Sanders of cheating. One little old player, man, that goes to an HBCU. Now, Deion Sanders responded, and I love the response. He said, I'm going to address this, but let me tell you something. We don't have to pay our people to come play for our people, which he was saying, young black men to come play for a black man in the HBCU. Now, I'm going to ask you, I wonder how you feel about it, but to me, it was foul. It was out of line. Alabama, man, and those t those schools been paying these damn players for years. And now you see a little threat that the HBCU may be getting some of these top recruits, some of these outstanding black players that's been coming to you playing for free, for free. And you've been getting paid millions of dollars, so now you got a problem with it? Man, that was so, first of all, it was foul what he said about Texas A&M, but all of y'all been paying players anyway. And I, come on, man, ain't, ain't nobody damn dumb. But now you got a problem because Texas A&M and Jumbo Fisher beat you in recruiting. But then you go out to Jackson State, man, a little old HBCU. See, I think Nick Saban see what's, what's happening, Isaac. And a lot of our young black Royals, talented Royals, 
taking their talents, athletic talents to HBCU, to HBCUs, and he trying to cut it off right now. But, bro, that was foul, and that was out of line, man. Well, you know what? I, I don't want to minimize uh, Travis Hunter, uh, the, the young kid, the five-star cornerback uh, who chose Jackson State over Florida State University. Dion, Hall of Pro Football Hall of Famous, Deion Sanders, alma mater. I mean, that's big. He, run, he won a recruiting battle. Um, you know, I have a ton of respect, Doc, for all the aforementioned head coaches, Nick Saban being one of them. I have a, a ton of respect for him. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, a ton of respect for him. And Jimbo Fisher. I mean, I think he's done a tremendous job uh, uh, at Florida State and then moving on to Texas a and I mean, he's always one of those names that's being thrown in the mix when one of these big collegiate jobs comes up available. So he's done a tremendous job. I think he does a tremendous job with quarterbacks and, uh, you know, getting those guys developed and ready for the next level of play. Um, that being said, with what Nick Saban had to say about the NIL situation, I think his, his aim was more, his target was, he was aiming more at the NIL than just those programs, I think. But at the same time, there's a lot of talk. There's been rumors for years, Doc. I mean, going back way back to, to the great Pro Football Hall of Famer, Derek Thomas, when he was coming out of South Florida, ended up at the University of Alabama. And, you know, guys have been talking about how Alabama has been circumventing the system uh, with their boosters, paying guys, paying guys' parents. Uh, uh, you know, one of my cl close friends, he tells me that they'll go through foundations or churches to get the, the, the kids' parents paid. So there's a lot of maneuvering that happens, Doc. And we know it happens for a fact behind the scenes. It's the very same way that Nick Saban ended up at Alabama. He was currently, he was, he was the coach at the Miami Dolphins. And there was a lot of working behind the scenes to get him to give up the current job that he had to take the reins over at Alabama. So some would have, some would have called that illegal. And at the same time, Coach Saban was denying that it was happening. But for, for, for Coach to call out these other schools, you know, that's a saying, Doc. It ain't no fun when the rabbit has a gun. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're the only one, you know, that can go around and shoot and shoot your billionaires at these players and their, these players' families and get them to come to your university to participate in what you're doing and to continue on the tradition that, you know, a lot of people that look like us have, have, have created and built it into. So, you know, when you get a Deion Sanders that's done a, that, that is doing a tremendous job at Jackson State, when you get uh, – uh, Jimbo Fisher down at Texas A&M that is building and on that west side of that what we call the SEC. I mean, Doc, I mean, th it's what it is now. It's the landscape of college football right now. So you can't cry any tears, you know, specifically, specifically when you've been accused, when you've been accused of doing the exact same thing. Come on, Doc. It's, 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 a, it's an open field now. It's, it's pretty much free agency with this NIL and this transport portal. And you can't get upset when somebody beats you for a kid, when they, when they out-recruit you for a kid's talent to come to your school. Because in the end, at the end of the day, if he's a five-star player, Doc, and he has an opportunity to profit off of his name, image, and likeness deal, a lot of these guys are going to the highest bidder, Doc. It's just that simple. And, and if you're a Travis Hunter, you know, my hat goes off to you for taking your talents to one of these schools that a lot of people seem to forget or overlook. But I think that's changing with Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders being at the helm. It is, man. And that's my issue, man. Like, Nick Saban, you've been getting paid 
tens of millions of dollars, man. And the majority of your players are young black men, man. They've been making you rich. So now you got a problem? Not only with schools who like, okay, come, because you can get paid anywhere now. So now they got a problem that these young black men are getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. NCAA want to make rules and what? Why is it a damn problem now that people want to speak out? Because <laughs> these cats can finally get paid? Man, that was foul. And this is the same Nick Saban. I don't care what they say, bro. I don't give a damn about Alabama fans getting mad either. This is the same Nick Saban who has a grown black man following him with a damn cup of water every game, bro. I'm sorry, man. So I, Nick Saban, I can't, he can't say anything, though. He's trying to cut it off. Look, man, yeah, yeah, them young royals go to HBCUs. You see, that's the problem now. They getting paid. Y'all see, that's the problem now. Man, whatever, man. He was out of line. He was fouled, uh, Isaac, and I, I love your response. And I'm looking forward to see what Deion Sanders is going to say, too, man, because it's, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's crunchy as hell, man. Hell, me and you play uh, major college football, man. Hell, we know these cats been getting paid. How the hell you think these teams get these top players every year? They handing out that loot, man. Y'all ain't stupid. Y'all ain't crazy. You know what I'm saying? Come on, yeah. man. There's endowments that have been set aside for years, Doc, uh, you know, specifically for this. I mean, you know, up until you know, two years ago, it's all been under the table. Now everybody can construct uh, their NIL deals uh, that's in their programs, you know, specifically to, to get some of these top recruits, these five stars, these four stars. And what Texas A&M is doing, you know, from what I hear is that if you sign with Texas A&M, Doc, you get a $50,000 signing bonus, Doc. <laughs> I mean, let's just think about some I'll of, the, back, think about of the background. Yeah, just think about some of the background that these young these young men are coming from, you know, from, from both cultures, you know. So, you know, with an opportunity to, you know, better their uh, current circumstances monetarily, by all means, they're going to take it, Doc. And, and at the same time, you got the same level of coaching. Guys who can develop these guys. Guys who can, 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 can give them opportunity and promise them a chance, at least an opportunity to play on the highest level of football. So by all means, I'm going to take the 50,000 I'm going to sign and, and I'm going to do my thing. Doc. Damn right, man. He he understands that Texas got that oil money. I mean, Tuscaloosa, but you ain't got that. You ain't got them oil backers like Texas A&M and Texas has, man. So he he, he really sounds like somebody whose feelings have been hurt, man. Hey, the game is catching yeah. up with you. The game is yeah. catching up with you, man. Get your ass out of here, man. You've been doing all them things to dominate every year and you're such a great coach what happened when you went to miami hell everybody i could be a great coach with them goons he be having out there so man whatever man <laughs> and speaking of goons bro nba playoffs are underway too bro i don't think we've been able yeah. to chop it up in about a week or so man so uh we're gonna talk about your miami heat because your miami heat oh they took care of business in that game one but this most recent game go to state in the dallas mavericks bro go to state did away with my guys, the Memphis Grizzlies, man, in the second round. So they moved on. We in the Western Conference Finals. So in the Western Conference Finals, game one, Dallas had to take their ass to the San Francisco, the Chase Center. And it ain't like Oracle, man. I ain't never been to it. It ain't like Oracle. Oracle was in Oakland in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Chase Center is all nice. I think it still got a, a new new stadium smell about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. man. They, they, yeah, they drink tea and wine in the Chase Center. Oakland almost like Memphis, you know what I'm saying? They might come in that mug with some Mad Dog 2020 or something, or some Blue Top. But anyway, Dallas went to uh, Golden State, man, uh, and that guy, Luka Doncic and Ike, man, they just got their ass whooped, bro. 112 to 87, man, and Steph Curry knocked down some big threes, man, but it, he didn't even have a good shooting night. But they just dominated Dallas, and not only dominated Dallas, they dominated Luka Doncic. Now, Luka Doncic is cold. 
Well, bro, they held him to 20 points, just seven rebounds. He won six or 18 from the field. But it, it was the defense they was playing on him, man. They was all up in his chest, getting in his passing lanes. And they just, I mean, they just took care of Dallas, 112 to 87. That's a good game, one win. But I don't expect this whole series to go like this, Isaac. I think a lot of people overreacting. They see one blowout. But the way these playoffs been going, man, Cats been getting beat by 30 and 40 points and coming back to win the series. Uh, I think Dallas still got a chance. Golden State, hey, Ike, when, when, they're on, when they're on one, like they were on one, they hard to beat, bro. Well, Doc, here, here it is. This First of all, this is uncharted territory for Luka Doncic. I mean, you know, he's been first round eliminated, first round eliminated. I believe, you know, he probably got to the second round last year. But being in the Western Conference Finals for himself, this is new territory. We know that the Dallas Mavericks uh, have a national, uh, have an NBA championship uh, within their, their midst already. But for these, these new group of guys right here, Doc, it's pretty much new to them. Now, I think they have great experience with uh, Jason Kidd leading the ramp. He's going to make adjustments. He's going he's gonna to get these guys up to the next level of play. So I don't anticipate in game two, I don't think it'll be a blowout like it was. But what we're not really shining the light on, I believe, you know, as uh, NBA analysts, are the Golden State Warriors defense. Yes. Doc, when they won their championships, when they won the three championships, they were known for being a defensive unit. They got a lot of tips, a lot of deflections, a lot of steals, a lot of uh, uh, fast uh, fast break opportunities that led to three pointers that got that Oracle Arena uplifted and just uh, in a in a in a roar that many guys coming in there couldn't play in. So that's really the essence of what happened last night. The way these guys played defensively, led by one Draymond Green, getting by, getting everybody where they need to be. Yeah. They had a lot of get a lot of tips. Uh, Porter, he comes off the bench. He's long. He's lanky. He's a wing guy. And you got to give it up to uh, Andrew Wiggins, man. Andrew Wiggins took on the challenge of guarding uh, Donchitz, Donchitz in the in the first game. And I think he did a, a really good job. He's, he's long. He's athletic. Uh, and not only that, he can put pressure on Donchitz on the, on the offensive end. So Donchitz can't take any plays off. He has to play offense and defense versus uh, the Golden State Warriors. So I think we'll see a lot more of that. Absolutely, we'll see adjustment made by both teams, and it'll be a little closer game come tomorrow night. But uh, it's new territory for Doncic, man. But those great ones, you know, a lot of people are now comparing him not to Larry Bird, but to one LeBron James. So we we seen LeBron James maturation during the years, and game by game, year by year, series by series, he tend to got got better and better. This is that opportunity for Luca to come out now and show the world that, yeah, listen, there's no ceiling for me. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to go through and try to get to the next level, level versus these championship-minded Golden State Warriors. And it's also Golden State's opportunity to show him that he ain't ready. So I think that's what they did in that first. Now, I expect him to have a good game in the second, but the, uh, in the second game. But the thing about it, bro, you're right. Wiggins can get up on a man and you try to body Wiggins down. Wiggins just, he, he'll, he'll, he's stronger than what, what he looks like now. So you just can't bully him down into the paint. But the thing about it, see, Luka Doncic is one of those players. He like to dribble, man, and like to tell you to bring your man here because I know they're going to switch on me. But see, they switching. They might switch Andrew to Draymond. These some long yeah. dudes to Jordan when he's in there. Then Otto Porter comes. These some long dudes, man. These are some long athletic dudes. And a lot of times all you got to do is just get up in Luka Doncic's face. Now, he hits a lot of contested shots, but it's obvious that they had him frustrated, man. And uh, Golden State may, be a little, may have been a little bit more rested. And 
when you don't have your point guard and other players knocking down uh, uh, jump shots, because I think Jalen Brunson went 0 for 5 from three-point ranks. So when you're doing that, you doubling them, y'all ain't knocking down shots. Dog. Dog. And plus, they took 48 goddamn threes, bro. Y'all, you think you're gonna think you're gonna out three point Golden State? They took 48 threes and hit 11. Now, Golden State only went 10 or 29, but 48 threes, I, and only, I don't think you can beat anybody hitting 48 threes. I mean, shooting 48 threes and only knocking down 11 of them, bro. That's way too many. Doc, that's that's the way the NBA is played these days, man. You take you take a plethora of three point attempts, and uh, hopefully, you can be around you know, maybe high 39, 40% knocking them down. Normally that equates to victories. But, you know, just like in football, man, you know, the way the game is so wide open right now, you throwing the ball over the field, it always comes down to a running game. And in the NBA, it comes down to, can you make mid-range jump shots to close out quarters, to close out halves, and to close out games? Can you hit your free throws? All of those things will never leave the game of basketball, Doc, and they are glaring when it doesn't happen. Versus uh, the teams that do it and the ones that don't, who wins and who loses? Hey, you know what? And, and that's the funny. You know, I, I I like Steph Curry, man. He's the best three point shooter ever in it. But Steph Curry be having some horrible shooting nights, man. But I think when oh, he yeah. does when he does knock down threes, I think he has some flash to it. He make your ass forget all the threes he missed because now I see he he he, he hit a three last night, man. He started dancing and doing whatever, but. 21 points, 12 rebounds. I think he had four assists. But seven to 16 field goals is not good, bro. Three or nine from three-point range is not good. But it's Steph Curry. When it's Steph Curry, he gets credit for the shots he makes. And you you almost forget the ones he missed. And then Clay Thompson, I don't think Clay Thompson scored a bucket in the first half, but he ended up with 15 points. And you talked about Wiggins. Wiggins had 19. Draymond, 10 points, nine boards. Jordan Poole gave him 19 points. Otto Porter Jr. gave him 10 Huge points off the bench and six rebounds. And also Jordan's pool, 19 points. So Steph had a lot of help. But Steph, he misses a whole bunch of damn shots, Ike. But we just look at – because when he does snatch them, he snatches them, man. But And that's a good thing with Golden State because they still won by what's – the, what's the hell is 112? What's 87? That's up to three. That's what 12 – whatever the hell it is, man. Uh, uh, twenty. What's that, 25 points? Uh. And they didn't. They, they won by twenty five points, and he still didn't play well, bro. Well, I tell you what, we can just take note of this and lump Steph Curry in with Ja Morant on these bad shooting nights, like I like I mentioned to you last night. You know, when it's Ja Morant, we just barely. Man, he out the playoffs, him. man. <laughs> <laughs> but when we when it's Steph Curry with a bad shooting night, I mean, we get a whole dissertation on, you know, his 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 bad shooting night. Like I like I said, I know you're grizzly drunk. I know you are. But uh, at the same time, we get players are like this. And, and it's about how you close out games, how you close out quarters, because those guys have opportunities to get to the free throw line. And they're confident enough that though I may be seven to 16, I'm going to hit my next 10 shots. That's the mentality that I see with a John Morant. That's the mentality that I see with a Steph Curry that they have, man. They believe if I miss these, I'm coming back. I'm not going to stop shooting. The great pro uh, basketball Hall of Famer Reggie Miller always says, a shooter continues to shoot because he'll go through a lull, but when he comes on, when he gets hot, Doc, he gets hot. Bro, I'm not criticizing Steph Curry. I like <laughs> Steph Curry. I'm going to do the Stephen A. Smith. I'm going to give him a compliment, then immediately go to tear him down. No, I ain't going to do that. I like Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry is the most pure bas- shooter in the history of basketball. 
He's the best three-point shooter in the history of basketball. I'm just saying he don't be having good shooting nights a lot of times, man, but we still, because it's Steph. And he, you know, he adds some flair when he knocks down shots. But Dallas can, you know, Dallas shouldn't be too upset because they got their ass kicked in that Phoenix series and came back and won the series. You know, it, it has happened. But my whole point is they just beat yeah. you about 25, man. Steph didn't play well. Clay really didn't play well. Uh, Draymond did what he did, and Draymond's hands were active too, man. They were active on defense, man. That's that's a, that's another that's another problem they was giving Luke, and like you said, man, they're long. So uh, I ain't hating on Steph, bro. I'm just saying, man, he, he get a lot of credit. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about them damn missed shots he got, and leave my Grizzlies out of this, bro. They at the crib. Why Hello, you gotta bro? bring them up? Lo, I know you're not hating on him, but I'm just saying you're you're being the way you are, are less <laughs> objective with the Memphis Grizzlies. We don't stay, we don't talk very long about those seven or 16 nights that Ja Morant had. We just don't. I mean, let's be real. When you dunking on somebody's head, man, that takes your attention Thank you. away from You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, speak, <laughs> hey, speaking of attention, bro, I haven't been able to, we haven't, you know, I'm glad you, you, I, I'm able to catch up with you today, man, because I know you wanted to talk about your Miami Heat. They started that Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, bro, uh, yeah. in Miami. Yeah. Two and uh, I mean that game wasn't really no blowout, but they took control of it though, like in that third. But bro, one eighteen and one oh seven, man. They bought what? What the, I think they then they outscored Boston thirty nine to fourteen or something like that in the third. Then, it was it something like that. Well, I'm thinking about a different something game. Like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something. Jimmy Jimmy Butler forty one points. Uh, Jason yeah. Tatum had a ball in the first half, but in the second half they were like, no, no, bro, we're gonna shut you down. They made Jason Tatum commit six turnovers in the third quarter. Pretty much just shut him down and shut him up. But Miami Heat, and it's really Jimmy Butler, bro. I don't think Jimmy Butler is talked about as enough, man, as one of the best players in the league. I don't think he's talked about enough as a superstar player. Dude is a superstar player. So because he put up a 40 wanna and he didn't hit any threes. And not only that, he was active on defense. He blocked Jason Tatum shot one time, bro. It was like, oh my gosh. But Jimmy Butler and your Miami Heat, man, win game one, 118 to 107. Uh, the, the floor is yours, brother. Go ahead. For, for your Heat. Well, well, Doc, here, here, here's what I think. Here's what I think is happening. Um, I think uh, uh, Jimmy Butler uh, currently left in these playoffs is the best two-way player that's, that's remaining right now. Um, he's always been in the top 10, maybe the top five. I'll say top five, Doc, as – best two-way player in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. First of all, he's a team player. He's a team player all the way around. Now, if you're a team player, first and foremost, you start that on the defensive end, Doc. And then secondly, you, you show it with your hustle, uh, diving on the ball, diving on the ground for balls, loose balls, your rebounding, what you do on the defensive end to secure the basketball for your team so you can go down offensively and do what, whatever you want to do. He doesn't care about having the most points on the team. He doesn't care about, you know, a lot of things, a lot of stats where we may show, you know, lead off on this show with uh, uh, that a lot of people like to talk about. No, he's just a, a team player through and through. Uh, he's a guy that will call out teammates, which I feel like is the is the is the epitome of love of what you do for people. And he has that doc. He holds people accountable. He wants to be held accountable. He's the very guy that I feel like has to play for the Miami Heat, Miami Heat and he fits our, can I say our, he fits our yeah, of course. culture down here yeah. with the Miami Heat. So 
I mean, he holds these guys accountable. And I think, Doc, he hasn't been talked about enough for what he's done. He's a guy that can elevate from the regular season to the postseason. We saw him do this in the bubble a couple of years ago, how he just elevated his level of play to elevate everybody else around the Miami Heat. He's not getting the love, I don't think, that uh, other guys that are remaining in these playoffs are getting. Namely, one, Jason Tatum. I mean, I love Jason Tatum's game. I love his projection, where he's going. It's hard to anoint a guy, just pour that oil on the guy and just say, you know what, you're the dude from a fan perspective. Doc, it's got to be done on the court, Doc. He had a great series versus the Milwaukee Bucks. He did. But we're not satisfied, man. As fans, as basketball fans, man, we're we're always looking for that next game, that next person who's going to take over for LeBron. So there's a lot of candidates out there right now, uh, Luca being one of them, Jason Tatum being another. You know, he's leading off these other shows with his 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 shot, his shot, his jump shot. But when he's going against the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler, I don't think Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are getting the credit that they deserve. They held that number one seed throughout the regular season. And they're proving why they defeated the, the, the Hawks and we got rid of the 76ers who a lot of people chose to win the NBA championship this year. But the, the Memphis, the Miami Heat, we're not getting the love nationally uh, that they should be getting. And I think Jimmy Butler is the lead. He's that he's that unselfish servant basketball player that we're seeing happening right now in South Beach. Speaking of serving, he was going to serve Eric Spolster up an ass whooping earlier this season. I think that kind of changed. <laughs> and you don't. Come on, man. Stop I'm it, just man. saying, Stop bro. That. Stop that, man. What? What? Hey, what? Hey, tell me, tell me one great championship level team that didn't have any uh, behind the scenes beef with each other that drew them closer. I you love know? it. And I feel like that moment right there drew us closer together. So we're going to have some. Listen, listen. As a coach, as a as a player's coach. A, a, a captain on the team, if you see something that's happening, you're either allowing that to happen or you're okay with it. So I don't feel like Sposher is that type of guy. And I know Jimmy Butler isn't that type of guy. Udonis Haslam isn't that type of guy. We're not just going to say, see something wrong and not say something and not mention it and say, and not coach ourselves and coach other players. So that's not going to happen down here in Miami, man. We're, we're all in and we're all going for this, not third, but fourth championship man that's what we're that's what we're fighting for bro i didn't see i had a problem with it man i said it turned y'all season around when he was going to beat the hell out of eric sposer and you you done his haslam that ha i mean honestly that has to happen bro i mean i'm with him hey no but but how did it turn us around because we were still the number one seed at that time i mean it, it, it but you know a lot of times bro because uh something obvious things have been building up right so it needed to be let out because it would have it okay. eventually probably tore the team down if you kept it in and didn't say anything about it. That's what I'm saying, bro. So it hasn't been a choice. But it, but it, but it happened. It, it happened, and when it happened, now you just see us jail even more together, Doc. And, and the fruits of what we're doing, man, is obviously what, what, what's, really, what's really rooted down in the culture of the Miami Heat. Man. It is, man, and because he they won by 11, man, despite Bam Adebayo not having his best game. You know what I'm saying? Tyler Hero yep. came in and did his thing. Uh, and Alfred Zibi win, he funny as hell. But no, I like Miami, man. I hadn't really watched them too much, but I've been forced to watch them now. I, they play tough, and they play as a team. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, bro, how the hell are they winning like that, man? They just out gutting everybody. They just they really big, they, they really oh, big boy man. people, man. They big boy people. You know what I'm saying? So they big boy Boston in game one. So we'll see what happens in game two, which is tonight, which is Thursday night. So, uh. I'm pulling for Miami, man. I don't really just like Boston. You know what I'm saying? I, but okay. I, I like, you know, I, I like the heat. 
But I, I do, I do want to say this about Screaming A. Smith because I remember this giving Jimmy Butler props though, because I remember when Screaming A. Smith said a couple of years ago, Jimmy, when he when he was leaving Philadelphia, he said Philly the six the uh, the Heat would never be as good as the Sixers. They ain't going to the playoffs, and he said Jimmy Butler would never be Dwayne Wade. Yeah, he said that. He said Heat fans, he would never be loved in Miami like he's loved in Philadelphia. And uh, Miami would never be better than Philadelphia. That's what he said now. And Jimmy Butler, you'll never be Dwayne Wade down there. I think his ass was dead ass wrong, man. Now, I don't think anybody is like Dwayne Wade, but I think Miami Heat fans love and appreciate Jimmy Butler, bro. So I uh, I think that statement was, was dead ass wrong. Now, you tell me, because it looks like, Miami Heat fans love and appreciate Jimmy Butler because he's been balling since he got there. Well, Doc, if you had the ability to tell a mango from a strawberry, you you can you can you can tell. And what I mean by that, you just look at the fruit. You look at Jimmy Butler as a player. Jimmy Butler, like I said, he holds himself accountable and he doesn't mind being coach. So those type of people, when they go into an organization, they're going to hold people around them accountable. They're going to hold the coaching that they receive accountable. And some people don't like that. You can see he's been in Minnesota. When it came up, they didn't like it. He's been to Philly. They they didn't like it. When he started holding guys accountable in Chicago, they didn't like it. So they felt like they could just let him go. Now, he's in a culture where the leadership holds the players, the coaches, everybody in the building accountable. You can't project that when, when you're looking at a guy with that mentality. When you're looking at leadership and Pat Riley with that mentality, when you're looking at Eric Sprostra with that mentality, you can't you can't project and say these these guys won't go to the playoffs. You can say that he'll never be Dwayne Wade, and I believe Jimmy Butler is okay with that because he's more he, he's more apt to be Jimmy Butler, the first Jimmy Butler, and cut his own path and garner his own love down in South Beach. Now, and you said, I'm glad you brought up Chicago because I remember back in the day because Derrick Rose, that was his team. Then I'm like, damn, who yeah. this dude, man, arguing with, with Derrick Rose, man? But now I see, he's like, no, I'm, I'm a yeah. dog, bro. We got to be dogs out here. So I love Jimmy Butler's game, man. Screaming A. Smith, he was dead ass wrong like you are a lot. You know what I'm saying? So uh, whatever, man. So Jimmy Butler, salute to you, my guy. 41 points in game one. So I'm curious to see what you're going to do. But dude be put up, he be putting up 40 buckets on cash anyway, though. So that's just what he does. Uh, Ike, I gotta ask you this, man, because I hadn't talked to you, bro. Did you, did you, <laughs> did you get a chance to see Patrick Beverly on any of these shows this week? I did, yeah, I did. Oh, I did. I got, I gotta laugh. Hey, look, bro, I couldn't do nothing but laugh, man. He was ethering the hell out of, but see, my whole thing is what he's saying about Chris Paul. Okay, bro, you, you don't like him. It's obvious you got a vendetta against him, and they put your ass on national right. TV. I like the fact that he was shutting up Stephen A. Smith, but. It looks like Patrick Beverly called a lot of flack from NBA players and GMs for how he was going at Chris Paul. Now, to me, it's like, that's his opinion. That's his perspective. Is it a little bot? Yes, but he don't like the dude. So, but if that's still, that's his opinion. I didn't see anything wrong with it, man, because that's between them two dudes. But I wasn't even tripping on I just like the fact that he was shutting Stephen A. Smith ass up. But, uh, but I guarantee you, though, I... Patrick Beverly was only repeating what a lot of NBA players are saying behind in the locker room and behind closed doors. Maybe not with the veracity that he's doing it, but did you see anything wrong with how he was going? How he was going at Chris Paul, bro? Well, first of all, Doc, I think it's a little bit difficult 
to be an analyst and an active NBA player at the very same time. Doc. It, it, it's, it's hard because, you know, next year you're going to be facing Chris Paul again, man. You know what I'm saying? So you, you don't want to give anybody any fire or, or, or any bulletin board comments. But what I do love is uh, the honesty, the being brutally honest uh, when he comes and when he speaks and when he's analyzing certain games. You know, that's what we as uh, media people, that's what we pay for. We ask the athletes to give us the brutal, brutal, be brutally honest for yeah. us at all times. And when they are, sometimes, now, now you go back and criticize. But he was speaking from his heart. He was speaking from a player that's currently still playing. Now, it's hard because as an analyst, sometimes you're paid to go back and look at the body of work of a certain player versus just one series. I mean, so I think he was really speaking on the way he played this past series versus the Dallas Mavericks, his, the way his level of production in that series. But as an analyst, when he comes back and maybe somebody offered him a, a job or he gets his own podcast, he can go out and say, you know what, for a career, you just look at career, uh, Chris Paul's career numbers and what he did as a body of work on the court and what he did behind the scenes as being the NFL and NBA uh, PA president, where he stands and what the, the, the policies that he's brought in. You, you judge it all and you have to judge it honestly, Doc. You have to make sure that you, you give the good, you give the bad, the indifferent. And uh, as far as being an active NBA player, it's tough, Doc. It's tough for him, but you got to respect his ability to go on these shows and his ability to give you give it to you from the heart and really not sugarcoat anything. That's just what he believed. And definitely, he's entitled to his opinion. And I, I love that type of TV, Doc. Yeah, I love it, man, because he called him a cone. He said, man, I stay up all night drinking wine and eating steak when I know I'm going to play Chris Paul the next day. I ain't worried yeah. about it. But Steph Curry, I'm taking my yeah. ass to bed by 7 or 8 o'clock. It is what it is, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, cats get mad. But my whole point is that, like, Matt Barnes came out and, call, came out and called him a clown. for. But I'm like, bro, you sit up there and criticize players. All the, You sit up there with dudes who never play sports criticizing players, but you don't have anything to say when they do it. But Pat Bev comes on and, and criticizes your friend. So, a lot of it, man, it's hypocrisy, but I love I love what he was doing, man. He was he was cooking his ass. He just said, it is what it is, man. I ain't scared of this dude. I post him up, and we saw what, what was Dallas doing. Look, little young Jalen Brunson was posting him up and making him work on defense. So I loved it. It was funny as hell to me, man. So uh, uh, I loved it all. I also love the fact that, hey, bro, what's going on down there at Dillard, man? I know you legendary down there, bro. Did y'all have a spring football game or something, man? You know, yeah. yeah Y'all, y'all still got a lot of five stars down there. I know y'all used to have some five stars. <laughs> I ain't really heard Dillard's name in Florida high school football uh, uh, championships here lately. But uh, then y'all just have a spring game. Y'all have something going on, man? Yeah, we, it's spring football once again down here in South Florida, Doc. And it's it's always been big. It's been big when I played, uh, after, after I played. Had the opportunity last night to go out, watch the game, and be a celebrity coach for the gray side. We're blue and we're gray. And for the uh, for the blue side, we had the legendary Lorenzo Wright, first-round draft pick out of oh, Michigan State. Yeah, running back. Uh, former Heisman Trophy candidate yes. for two years uh, at Michigan State. Uh, phenomenal football player, phenomenal guy. And uh, it, was, it was great to see these guys. We were 100 uh, players deep again like we used to be back in the day. And I feel like Coach Tyler Tate, is doing an awesome job of connecting the current players with the alumni and getting Dillard football back to where it used to be, man. So we had about maybe 30 scouts out there watching the, watching the players play practice uh, in this inter-squad scrimmage. 
and uh, a lot of SEC schools were represented there. Uh, the AAC was represented there. And, uh, you know, I was torn between wearing my Memphis polo and, and kind of like recruiting <laughs> these players, you know, for my school on, on a personal basis, especially when I seen Tennessee out there, Doc. I wanted to run them off, off campus, man. Oh, man. But, uh, but, but uh, Coach Tyler Tate, once again, man, he's doing an awesome job. Uh, the, the, the coaches that are out there, Doc, they don't get paid. They just give up their time freely. Uh, they love football and they love these these student athletes out there that are uh, contributing. And we do what we can, man, as an alumni group. My class, class of 1990, uh, Lorenzo, he graduated in uh, 1985. So he does what he can for, for them from a financial standpoint and being a booster in that booster role. So it's fun, Doc. We got a great schedule to play this year. Uh, once again, we got some of the other powerhouses in Broward County and Dade County on our schedule. Uh, some on the road and some in the house. It's going to be a phenomenal football season, Doc. Hey, Lorenzo White was cold, too. I remember him toting that pill. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he went to Dillard, bro. Oh, yeah. Y'all, didn't have, y'all, had, y'all have oh, yeah. had some legends come up out of Dillard, man. Who oh, won? Yeah. Y- your, your team must have uh, lost because you ain't <laughs> Your team must have well, lost. We ended, up in a, in a, we ended up in a 7-7 tie. Oh, uh, I mean, the quarterback, starting quarterback, he's a nice up-and-coming guy. He'll be a junior this year. So he had to play for both teams. So it was kind of – uh, it was kind of, and the offensive line had to had to block for both teams. So it was uh, okay. it was good to see, man. The guys got together and they competed at the end. I love the the competition at the end of practice where we went uh, wide receiver versus defensive back, linebackers versus running back. Uh, uh, you know, run the route, catch the ball, don't catch the ball. But everybody got excited, man. Everybody was excited about other guys making plays, and I love seeing that. Though. And also, I'm pretty sure those young Royals seeing. Love seeing uh, uh, legends like y- yourself and Lorenzo and others coming down there, man, especially Hall of Famers, man. So I know they always excited and glad to see you all out there, man. Uh, so did, did you get a play sheet? They, they tell you, they told you what play to cause? Because yeah. I'm curious. Did you did you run the rock at all? No, man. Just they didn't give me a coach. play sheet. Okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pass to open up the run type of guy. So I, 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 yeah, uh, I had they given me a play sheet? Had they given me a play sheet? Yeah, we would have we'd started off probably with, four or five consecutive pass plays and, and turn around and, and run that uh, sprint draw. What's, uh, what, 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 salute. Salute to Dillard High School, man. Salute to y'all, man. Also, uh, salute. Hey, PGA Championship. T- uh, 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 I don't like golf, but I do like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods teed off, man. Uh, he coming back. Man, I think this is just his second event since they had that real bad accident last year. But, bro, you can't tell me golf and television happy as hell that Tiger Woods, anytime yeah. he plays, man. But to see him back, hey, Tiger looked a little yoked up, too. But the PGA yeah. Championship teed off. Hey, this is this group, bro. This is a hell of a damn group. You got Tiger, Jordan, Spieth, and Roy McIlroy. Hell of a power group, man. But to see Tiger back out there, like I said, I don't like golf. But when Tiger was coming up and he was doing this thing that made me start watching golf, it's still yeah. boring as hell. You know what I'm saying? I still don't want to. I don't. Do you play golf, bro? I don't, I don't play golf. I play golf. I play golf. I'm a golfer, Doc. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that happens on a golf course. And uh, I would suggest you get you a pair of clubs and uh, start taking some lessons. But, I mean, it, it, it's worth it. I mean, what Tiger Woods has done for golf, Doc, I mean, I, I don't think it's measurable. Um, he, he's one of those guys where, um, you know, he makes the game go. Uh, he, he, he's the guy that I don't care where he is. If you're in a tournament with him, with his name on the ticket, and you win that tournament, it's just like a, a boxer beating Sugar Ray Leonard at any age they're not going to ask you how old Sugar Ray Leonard was when you fought him, but it's just going to, you know, that goes on your record. So he's done a tremendous amount for the game, Doc. And, uh, you know, he is yoked up. He brought a different level of conditioning to golf. And uh, he he, he is golf. He makes golf go. 
He does, man. Anything else you want to add before we get up out of here, bro? Appreciate your insight, man. It, man. Glad to have yeah, you, too, man. bro. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a great show today, Doc. I mean, NBA basketball, uh, you know, we got some high school uh, uh, football in there. Just the whole mixture of uh, uh, just sports in general, man. We, I mean, we talk sports because we know sports. We talk sports because – there we go, my boy. <laughs> we talk sports because we know sports. And we out of here on that. <laughs>